Do you want us to keep producing the best VCU men's basketball podcast out there? If so, there's a way you can help. If you enjoy this show, please consider donating to help us pay for the cost of making it available. You can do so by using the PayPal link in the description of the podcast or on social media sites where we post it. Even a small donation would help. Thanks in advance, and go Rams! Welcome to Rams Rewind, a podcast that looks back at all of the action from VCU men's basketball. After each game, our host George Templeton talks live on Facebook with Ram fans and gives his take on the team's performance. And now, here's George. All right. It looks like Ryan Odom didn't learn his lesson. It looks like Ryan Odom didn't even learn from the first matchup that VCU won. And um, I'm putting a lot of this on him tonight. So for those of you who get mad when we criticize a coach, well, you're going to get mad because because this, because this the coach is going to have to take this one tonight. Um, welcome to Rand's Rewind, live here in the good and the bad and the ugly group. If you somehow like what you hear or can at least stomach what you hear from me tonight and you want to help us out, shoot us some dinero. There's a link to the PayPal that you can donate to in the description on Podbean and your other podcast platforms. Uh, let's see here. Furman, I know there was some, some Christian Furman for criticism. He was not good in the first half. Second half was much better because he was decisive. You know, when he's decisive, that's the problem. That's that's good. That's when he when, the moment he tries to think, or the moment he doubt he has a little bit of doubt creep in, it's not going to go well. When he just plays, when he gets the ball and goes up with it. That's when things are good. And sometimes you're going to have to live with some bad shots when that happens. But I'll deal, but 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 I'll live with that if he's decisive cuz he needs to be decisive. Um we lost this game for a lot of reasons, Doug Hines, we're going to go through all of them. Uh Jason Nelson was not good tonight and I hate to say that cuz you know I love Jason Nelson, but 16 minutes was too many. He he was abysmal tonight. He he was he I I don't know why but clearly clearly that crowd booing him got to him he was pressing he made a bunch of bad decisions um it was not great uh you know Chris uh Furman wasn't good in the in the first half I thought he was better in the second half but I'll tell you this game is lost because our coach decided that it was perfectly okay not to use our depth, not to use the advantage that Chris Mooney himself said made a big difference. And granted, Chris Mooney didn't didn't was said he was going to go deeper into his bench. He really didn't. He had three guys. He all five of his starters played 30 plus minutes. VCU should have been able to tire them out. But they only played, really, eight guys. Michael Bell played one minute, and that's where that's where I'm gonna get that's where I'm gonna get really upset. Um you got a fire on the other end of the floor. 
Richmond has made 13 shots in a row. 13 in a college basketball game. How can that be? Especially against a team who's played as good a defense as, as VCU has played at times this season. Against a you held them to 52 at your own place. And you're not going to play one of your best defenders, Michael Bell, on Jordan King. You're going to continue to let Jordan King absolutely torch everybody else. And I mean, he did it to everybody. Shulga Jackson, who's usually a pretty good defender, but was not very good on that end of the floor tonight, even though he had a good game on offense. Jackson, Jackson, uh, had a real bad time with Jordan King tonight. You know, everybody, Bamisil. This is George Washington all over again. And that's why I'm going right to the coach. This is George Washington all over again. You are not stopping them. They're making every shot. Some of them are really tough. Most of them are open looks. You know, And you play your best defender one minute. Because Michael Bell is your de best defender. That is terrible coaching. And I know there's going to be people, oh, you're so spoiled. Oh, how can you get on the coach? Look at all the obstacles. I don't want to hear none of that crap tonight. Save that for another time. You cannot continue to just stand there and let the guy, and yes, Jordan King made some unbelievable shots tonight. But the whole point is you don't let him get started. And when he gets started, you say, okay, we are going to do something about this. And maybe Michael Bell would have gotten torched too. But you know what? We didn't, we, <coughs> excuse me, we didn't get to find out because he played one minute and missed one shot. Dan Gaytanis, I, Here's why people are mad, and here's why they're right and you're wrong. We have owned this rivalry, and we should walk in. I don't care how good Richmond is. VCU should walk in there thinking they can beat them anytime. And it isn't, I mean, and Richmond played great in a lot of ways, but this was, this was VCU not using all the tools in their toolbox to win. That's what this is. And it's not acceptable. Oh, it was a good game. It was an entertaining game for the neutrals. But it ain't a good game when you let the other team shoot, make 13 field goals in a row. They were 11 of 30 before that. So VCU was stopping them. And then for about eight or nine minutes, they couldn't miss a shot. So Dan Gaytanis, that, that that's not cutting any ice with me. But it really doesn't cut any ice with me. When you, when you have out there, guys, they're getting torched and you're not giving them any help. And then Joe Bamisil, 20 minutes, which is not a lot. And he, and, he, and he, you know, I was surprised it was only 20 minutes. Three for 12. He was 0 for 6 before he had that dunk near the end of the first half. Joe Bamisil, you are not only a nicely sized guard, you are pretty good driving the paint. When your first three or four, th and, and the other thing is, even when you're struggling from three, everybody's going to respect 
that you can that you can shoot the three. So you will have the opportunity to drive by people all the time and you don't take it. Man, absolutely brutal from Joe Bamisil tonight. Absolutely brutal. Oh, gosh. You think of what this team is capable of and you see stuff like that tonight. And you and decision-making, I'll tell you, and Sean Barristow is going to have a good game by the box score, 13 points, 5 assists. But 41 to 35 up. You want to know where this game turns? It turns right here. VCU has started the second half great. They are playing well. They are adjusting. You know, they only had five assists in the whole first half, and they had three assists in the first three minutes of the second half. So Toby Lawall makes, makes a free throw, gets fouled, makes two out of two. It's 41-35. You get Sean Barstow. Gets a rebound, and he's and he's run through their defense a couple times. No, I know they had the big lead at seven, but to me, this game turns on 41-35, Bruce Stevenson, because this is the play. Richmond's got back. Pull it out. You're playing great offense. There is no reason, and I mean zero, uh, to to – to try to force it here. You're playing well. He tries to force it to, to Toby Lawal, and it's always all congested, and it's a turnover. It's a turnover, and they gave that turnover to Lawal in the play-by-play. -play. That, that, to me, is, is on Bearstow. But then you let them get hot, and, yeah, that's the 12-0 run happened at the 44-37 to point, which is right after that. But to me... The game turns there. The game turns there because VCU could have gotten an eight-point lead and then doggone Neil Quinn comes down there and sticks a jumper. Everett, I don't understand it either. Not playing Michael Bell. When you can see what's happening, they're making shot after shot after shot. And that's why I say this team obviously didn't learn its lesson because this is what happened against George Washington. Uh, and Daniel Carter, that's true, but you're right. We also kept sabotaging ourselves. But the fact that we couldn't win this game because we couldn't get enough stops, that's why I'm so angry. That's why I'm so furious. This team only scored 52 at the Seagull Center, and they went absolutely ballistic in the second half. They made two-thirds of their shots, 16 to 24. After not making any three, anything from three in the first half, they were two for eight. They were seven of 14 from the three-point line. So look, this is – and this is what's going to blow. This is the other reason that you, that you should be furious that they didn't win. Here's VCU's second half. You just brought it up, Carlos Diaz. Here it is. VCU had three turnovers in the second half. Three. That's usually a pretty good news – for VCU. VCU was 16 of 28 from the field. That's 57%. They're 5 of 12 from three, almost 50%. 10 of 14 from the foul line is, by their high standards, not great. But again, that's, that's all right. 
eight assists on this in the second half after only having five in the first half. Great. Here's the problem. That wasn't good enough to win. That should be good enough against anybody in the country doing that. They scored 47 in the second half, and they didn't win this game. Can you imagine that? Can you imagine three and a half hours ago, somebody walks up to you and say, is going to be trailing by three at the half, and they're going to score 47 in the second half. You 100% think they're going to win. You 100% think they're going to win because you can't imagine that they're going to give up 47 in the second half to Richmond, but that's what happened. And we didn't, And you're right. The four fouls, we weren't physical, Carlos Diaz, except pretty, except for really early in the second half. We weren't physical at all. We weren't physical at all, and that's that's true. Uh, Larry Powell, some of those threes were miracle threes, but not all of them were. Jai Bailey was wide open, and he didn't want to shoot it, and he shot it and made it anyway. Hunts was wide open. King had a couple that were wide open, and my God, Seb Jackson and everybody else, don't be a sucker. Don't be a sucker. Three times, Zeb Jackson is reaching or leaning, and he gets, and King gives him that jab step, and he gets out of defensive position. So what happens? It's either King step back three or twice. Doggone Jackson closes out like a maniac and fouls him and puts him on the line for three foul shots. And that just, oh, that cuts my guts up. Dude, sometimes it's as simple as stay in good guarding position. You don't have to try to block the shot. Sometimes all you have to do is be there. Richmond fans were going crazy in the first half. Because they were missing close shots and they thought, oh, it was a foul. But people were just there. You won't always have to block it. You don't always have to try to poke the ball loose. Jason Nelson, you were a big offender in that one. Sometimes you just have to be there. But all of them, Bamisil, Nelson, Jackson, Shulga, Bearstow, leaving King's space. Yes. He's going to go by you sometimes, and you have to live with that. What you can't live with is him stepping back and hitting an open jumper, which happened time and again. Jordan King at 27 tonight torched us, absolutely torched us. But Michael Bell can't play. Oh, no, we can't do that. Ryan Odom, this was terrible tonight. This was George Washington all over again. And yes, the criticism is warranted. You have a fire, and that's one of your firemen. You have to try and put that fire out. You didn't. And that is ludicrous. That is ludicrous from you. And that is ludicrous from VCU. And it is a killer. It is a killer because... Win this game and you still got a shot at the number one seed. Win this game and you still have a chance at at least a share of a conference championship. But you don't win this game. So now the best you can do is probably the third seed. 
And if you beat Dayton, you'll probably get that. No, Bell wasn't injured. And I and, and Bruce, I can't even I'm not gonna sit here and say Odom can't coach. But seriously, this is some of these some of these games, I mean, you gotta learn your lesson by now. And the whole and and the thing that really kills me is the fact that in the first game, you wore Richmond down. They didn't have the lift on their jump shots, and that's how you won the game in many respects. And yet tonight, you're gonna do what you did there and play and and play basically eight players, and that's it. You're not gonna sit here, you know. And it's just like, I mean, I just I don't know. I, honestly, I don't know. I I I I want. I want some kind of an explanation for Michael Bell one freaking minute and only playing eight guys and not winning the death. You might be right, Jason Hutto. We might win it. We might win it. And look, we've had bad late season losses and come back and won the tournament. So that's not the issue. The issue is the coach has got to be willing to sit down players even if they even if they're his favorites when they're not doing what they're supposed to he's got to be better on his rotations and who he uses he's got to recognize when somebody doesn't have it and sit them you know i hate i hate saying it but Jason Nelson he played he played 4 minutes in the second half and it was probably 4 minutes too many he didn't have it Bamisil by and large didn't have it tonight and of course, that last free throw that kind of summed it up when he missed that front end of a one and one, and he misses that one. That's a killer. But but the Michael Bell thing is what I'm mainly focused on because you're seeing what's happening. You got people, you got your analytics people, and you got your stat people, and you're seeing that shot chart, and there it's it's nothing but you know green circles or checks or whatever it was. And you're not changing it. And you're not saying, we got to try something else because we're not getting any stops. And you let a team that barely played its bench, they they shot the lights out in the second half. They didn't tire at all. They made their free throws for the most part, except for King somehow bricking two on the three-shot foul. That was unbelievable. Yeah, Britt Nelson was shook by the crowd. And I just, um, yeah, UMass can still catch up to us. VCU's got to win one more. They got to finish it off Tuesday night against Duquesne, which will be like going, like pulling teeth and going to the dentist because that's going to be, it's going to be, as, as Keith Danbrock said, we just, we're going to have to mud wrestle people. Well, that's what it's going to be. Uh, Doug Hines, that's a fair criticism, saying that they didn't have much of a game plan or they didn't have an accurate game plan. To me, it's more, okay. You're you're struggling on defense. You gotta you gotta be willing to give up stuff on offense sometimes. And the biggest reason is, yeah, you need to score to come from ten down. But if you don't get stops, then you can't come from ten down. Period. And you're still gonna have four guys on the floor that have provided offense for you. Oh, so VCU has lost this game. And like I said, I don't think they can do better than third at this point.
but it's just infuriating to lose to dadgum Richmond. It always is. And it doesn't matter how good Richmond is or isn't. It grinds my gears. And um, it wasn't great. Uh, Doug, that's probably a fair point. I mean, he's four for six. They're all threes. But let's give Richmond credit. They were they were doing the best they could to stick to him like through. And to be fair, Shogun had seven free throws. So that's a couple shots that didn't count because he got fouled. And he made all seven of them, by the way. Oh, my Lord. So let's see here. Oh, and here's the amazing thing. And this is how you know that they've done a bad job. Um, Richmond only had six assists in the second half and still had and still did what they did, shooting 16 to 24 and 7 to 14 from three. Oh, I cannot believe we had another game like GW. I thought we'd kind of put that behind us. Um, no, of course Richmond's a good team, but the point is we're VCU, and beating Richmond is what we do and do it well, and we do it whether they're good or not. And we didn't do it tonight, even though Chris Mooney didn't go into his bench. So we should have been able to wear down a team that has five starters. All five of them play 30-plus minutes, and we didn't do it. We should have been able to get enough stops to win when we score 47 in the second half, and we didn't do it. And it's not good enough. And it's not good enough when you know you have a potential solution on your bench, and you don't play him. You do not play him. Michael Bell, one minute. I'm going to say it again because it just infuri- it just is, it's just BS. Because, again, they're making all these shots in a row. So you got to do something different. And let's be perfectly honest, Joe Bamasil's not a good defender. Um... Jason Nelson is a good defender, but he was undersized and he was getting his tail tail busted on tonight. Shulga's not the best defender. Barristow's not the best defender. There are minutes available for Michael Bell, who is a good defender. So get him out there and live with the consequences on offense. Live with it. Because you know what? You can put four other scorers out on the floor. Toby Lawad, 13 points tonight, made all five shots, made all three free throws, so perfect night for him shooting. You got Zeb, you got Barstow, you got Shulga, you got Kawani. I know he didn't have much tonight, but you know what he's capable of. You got Fats Phillips. Thank you, Bruce. Look, Jason Hutto, I'm glad to see you positive about the tournament because I agree with you. They can win the tournament. Get this double buy sorted. Make it so you only got to play three games to win. Yes, that's the plan. But this coach has got to learn, or apparently has not learned enough yet, that VCU's depth and their ability, and, and guys like Michael Bell can make the difference on defense, and it starts there. If this is not a good defensive team, this is not a winning team. We have seen it time and again. And we got to talk about this. Joe Bamisil is not a guy who's getting it done on the road. 
We talked about this the other day, and St. Louis don't count. They stink. This, this is now several road games against good teams where he has not played well. It's all right. Look, it's great to be a great player at home, but you aren't. But if you're going to be a championship player, you got to go on the road when everybody's against you and produce. It's not happening. So you know that is um, that's the issue there. And yes, Dan Gaitanis, I figured that was correct. If they win the ne- the next two, they're the three seed. So and look, they've lost as the three seed in the tournament. But that's not a bad situation. The only bad thing about being a three or a four seed is that you're not the first game of the session, which I always preferred it to uh, to be the first game of the session because then you know you know when your game starts and you can set your routine. So that's the other reason I'm kind of frustrated is that if you're the one or the two, you know your game is starting at noon or six or six thirty, and you can plan your routine. When you're the second game of the session. If the other game goes long, if the other game goes overtime, then you kind of got to warm up twice and your routine is all off. So that's that's why I got a problem there. All right, so Tuesday night, Duquesne. I think it's ESPN Plus. Uh, thanks be to God on that because that means uh, – that means I will I will certainly be able to watch that with you guys. You know, barring something insane at work, I will be able to watch that game with you guys and um, and have a live video as always. And let's and let's also say this. That Duquesne game, as I said before, it's not going to be pleasant. That game they played today against Mason, pure rock fight. And that's and again. I liked VCU's won a few of those. And normally VCU would be comfortable with those. But it's tough because it doesn't take but one or two really good plays to go against you to get beat in a game like that. And you got Day-Day Grant who can fill it up and who's one of the greatest foul shooters I've ever laid eyes on in my life. And you got Trey Clark, the former VCU man who torched us up in Pittsburgh last year. And I'll tell you what, Michael Bell better get more than one minute against that team. If he doesn't, Day-Day Grant or Trey Clark could cause us a lot of problems Tuesday night. So got to win that game and lock this double bye up and not have to worry about it when we go into Dayton uh, uh, next Friday, which is only six days away. My God, the last game of the regular season is only six days away. Good gravy. Also, these two good and the bad and the other group, you want to be a part of it. We all just follow VCU men's basketball. We follow all our teams. Hopefully, those of you who are listening were out there at the Siegel Center today for the Support Her game. What a fantastic crowd. I think it was a paid attendance record for VCU. And in a game that at times looked pretty bleak for the Rams, for the Ram women, they stormed home in the final quarter to win and get the two seed. It was awesome. It was an awesome performance uh, to win that game, and they've had an awesome season, 26 wins, with hopefully more to come in the uh, A-10 tournament. So we followed them, VCU baseball. We had updates on that during the day today. They won. We, we always, as always, we're looking after our, uh, our A-10 brethren and what they're doing, and we're looking at our uh, conference uh, 
our, our non-conference opponents and tails from the non-conference. Uh, VCU by the numbers. VCU by the numbers usually on Thursday, probably Thursday again this week, and all sorts of other things. Um, I will tell you we are continuing to work to get a guest for a podcast to look at the women's tournament, which is next weekend. That is out in Henrico Sports and Entertainment Center at the Virginia Center Commons. Get the tickets. Go out there. VCU's got the double bye. They're going to be the two seed. I don't even know if they put the schedule out yet. We're going to look real quick. But get out there and support the ladies out there at Virginia Center, at the place that Virginia Center Commons used to be, I should say. So I always call it that because that's what it was when I lived out there. And um, let's see. Have, I wonder if they put the seeds or anything like that out. They should have. By now. Yeah, they have. So, okay. VCU women, 5 p.m. Friday. Friday night. So, with, with VCU men on the road, you got no excuse. Get out to that Enrico Sports and Entertainment Center. Cheer them on. And by the time that game's over, you're almost flowing right in to um, – to uh, VCU at Dayton. So it could be a really fun Friday night for all of us uh, if VCU can pull back and pull out that win against uh, either GW, St. Louis. Oh, that's right. They, they don't – hmm, that's weird. Oh, I guess – oh, gosh, Davidson must have must have forfeited their season. Gee, many Christmas. Poor old Davidson women must have forfeited their rest of their season because of that illness. So we only got – so so instead of having – Three different teams we could play. It's either going to be George Washington or St. Louis at 5 o'clock on, uh, th- on Friday night. So there you go. Get out there Friday night uh, for VCU uh, women in that tournament. And then, of course, Saturday, if they win, it'll be 1.30, which that'll be good. And then, uh, and then hopefully they'll make it to Sunday because that would be awesome. Um, so, yeah, we look at our other teams as well. Not just men's basketball. We're not a one-trick pony here at the VCU Good and the Mad. The other group and you join us. So we're going to hopefully have a podcast for you about the women's tournament coming up. And uh, and like I say, we, we're, we're working on that now. And we're going to hopefully have that out. It should be by Thursday. And, of course, the tournament will have started then, but VCU will have not started yet. So that's important. So thank you all for the comments in the video. I really appreciate it. Thank you for the comments in the great game thread. As always, I enjoy our game threads. Um, Ryan Odom, buck your ideas up and understand this. You've got to get the defensive end of this team right first. Because if you don't get that right, the rest of it isn't going to work. It doesn't matter how good the offense is. Don't you forget it. Thank you for listening. Thank you for your comments. Uh, Talk to you all next time. To submit a question for George to answer in an upcoming episode or to inquire about sponsorship opportunities for this podcast, please email ramsrewind at gmail.com. We'll be back after the next game, and thanks for listening to this episode of Rams Rewind.